Welcome to the Anonymous Andrew Podcast. Life and the choices we make. The choices other people make. Why we choose to ignore the red flags. Red flags like gaslighting, cheating, addiction, mental illness, and much more. What role do they play in relationships? Follow me each week as we discuss these topics with anonymous guests and experts to hopefully become better humans, resulting in better choices. Like I say, been there, still doing that. Now on to the show. Anonymous Andrew here with you once again. So this episode we have today is um, on narcissistic personality disorder. I told you folks, I'm going to dissect these traits and these uh, people that we get involved with to the point where um, it's like an autopsy. Anyway, this guest is a coach. She coaches people who are on the other end of a narcissistic relationship. They get out of them and they're empty and they are uh, looking for help and she coaches them. And she's also a survivor of a narcissistic 17-year marriage. So she tells her story. So I enjoyed this interview, and I hope you do too. Hello, everybody. Anonymous Andrew back with you with another episode. And this is more like a follow-up episode. A couple of uh, episodes ago, I did a, um, a show on narcissistic personality disorder. Uh, and that was with the guests that um, treated narcissistic adults um, who were who survived narcissistic parents? Today we have Kylie Borg, um, and Kylie Borg is was former corporate coach, and now she does personal coaching for survivors of of narcissistic um, relationships. Kylie, would that be correct? Yep, that's correct. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Um, so this is Kylie Borg, and and I I want to thank you for joining me. Kylie, I, I asked this on my last guest, but I, I, I because I, I love this term narcissism. Uh, it, it happened to me. I was in a narcissistic relationship. But what is the what is your definition of of either NPD or a, a narcissist? Sure. And look, first things first. I'm not a doctor, um, but I see narcissism on a spectrum. So there are a lot of people that have narcissistic personality traits. Those people are not what I call narcissists. So they have traits of narcissism. They can usually be a bit selfish, put themselves first. Um, and often you see that in um, leaders in organisations and things like that as well. It's almost part of their job that's made them successful. Mm. Then, excuse me, um, where I'm coming from and with my own personal experience as well is the other end of the spectrum. So um, I can't say that my ex had narcissistic personality disorder because it wasn't a diagnosed thing. Um, and it's quite known that a lot of people uh, that show narcissistic traits wouldn't go and actually get themselves diagnosed with the disorder. 
they might not even know and have that awareness that that's actually um, how they're behaving. It's more the recipient of it that has that level of awareness of it. Right. And, and I've often said <clears throat> that a narcissist it would not walk into a therapist office and say, I'm a narcissist. I need help. <laughs> it just doesn't that's work right. that way. Right. It doesn't work exactly. that way. Exactly. And what we're seeing at the moment is that term being thrown around a lot. Uh a lot a lot and i understand that um but at the same time we want to make sure that we're not minimizing it mm. especially for those people that have been traumatized by a narcissist in their life so i think that's where you know the line gets a little bit blurred um and i know for myself and i've seen you know there's a lot of podcasts out at the moment about narcissism and i have seen titles like you know, I'm a narcissist and so is my friend and they're doing a podcast. And it's like, wow, that kind of hurts me a little bit. Because <laughs> it's like <laughs> uh, there's there is a spectrum and I get it. Um, but I'm pretty sure that the narcissist I know would never no. ever say that. No. No, no, a narcissist <laughs> no. is not gonna get on a podcast and say I'm a narcissist and I'm yeah, exactly. Yes. They're not self aware. Yeah. They're just not yeah, self aware. That's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit about, I, I, there's so much I want to ask you, uh, I guess how you, uh, let, let's start with how you got into um, your, your, your coaching. Do you want to sure. tell us a little bit about your story? Yeah, no problem. So I have been coaching for many years. So um, I actually started coaching when there was probably not a lot of coaches around. Um, and I fell into it with my work. Um, it was quite a natural step for me uh, working with the clients that I had and it was being requested of me, which was great. Um, but uh, once my relationship ended and once I went through my, I guess, my own recovery and my own healing, I came to the end of, I'll say the end of that. It's still, it, it's an ongoing thing. I don't think you, you know, you're always better. Mm. Um, I kind of went, wow, I actually think that I am in a good, strong position position to support people that have been through exactly what I have been through. And I wish I had have had that. So I was in a relationship for <laughs> 17 years, yeah. right? Yeah. So there was a lot to unpack at the end of that. Um and regardless of the unpacking, it was also about what do I do now? Mm. Like that yeah. process itself was um, was very, very challenging because, as you know, it's very difficult to distinguish between what's true and what's not. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I, I, to 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 the I don't I don't want to say lay person, but to the person that might be listening who has never been a supply uh, or or a survivor or a victim of narcissistic yeah. personality disorder when you come out on the other end I, i'll speak from my experience they strip you of yes. your dignity your self-respect your your you're an empty i was an empty shell when when it was over and there was a yeah. big, 
empty cloud, a, a, a hazy cloud over my head. And I was just, my, my hands were up like what just happened, you know, like, and how did it happen? So go ahead, continue on. on so you're. Yeah. And I absolutely second that Andrew. So, um, you know, I didn't end my relationship. My husband did. Um, I didn't, and I'll be very honest. I did not know that I was in a relationship with a narcissist until I was on the other side of the marriage and went, what's, what is this that I'm feeling? Mm -hmm. What, what is yep. going on here? I couldn't yep. make sense of anything. Um, and it was from there that, um, you know, and I did see a psychologist and go through the whole, um, you know, explored what, ha what happened during the marriage. And um, one of the biggest things that came up for me was, and I used to say, I, I really didn't like this cliche. Um, I just don't know who I am anymore. Mm. I need to go and find myself. I used to really, I, I never liked that cliche until I was in it myself. And I went, okay, cliches are there for a reason. Mm -hmm. This is real. This is happening to me now. Yeah. What am I going to do about it? And you don't feel like you have the answers because you haven't been thinking for yourself no. for quite some time. No. Yeah. It's tough, right? It's, uh, yeah. Uh, there was this just big, big question mark. Like what, uh, like I said, what just happened? It, it my relationship ended almost, it was a mutual thing. Um, I, I just walked away finally. Um, I, I've noticed uh, many narcissists will come back. Now, did, did in your relationship, you, I, was it a marriage? It was a marriage, yes. Did he Did yeah. he ever try to come back to you or? or... No. So we, we did try to um, work things out for a while. But what I also realized what there was only one of us trying to work it out. Yeah. So it and became a bit more of a game. Yeah. 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 And at the end of it, you kind of go, ah, I was the only one trying here. Mm -hmm. So what was that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which then just, you know, um, buries you a bit deeper. Mm. So yeah, it's, um, I guess one of the things for me was going when you get told often enough there's something wrong with you, mm, which I you did. really do believe it. Yeah. <laughs> you really believe it. So when all of a sudden you're on your own and you've been thinking there's something wrong with me, it's very hard to see the light from there. And that's okay. where the work is. Yeah. Yeah. So where did you where did you begin to start? Yeah. That, that journey yeah and look I remember because I was I was um doing some coaching and consulting ad hoc during the marriage but I was primarily full-time mum and when the relationship ended I needed to find a job and at first I was very much I can't I can't find a job I haven't been working full-time or been doing what I, you know, should have been doing during this time in order to make me employable. I didn't believe in myself anymore. Mm -hmm. And I remembered 
before the marriage, I was quite happy to move from job to job purely because I backed myself 100% that I can leave this job because there's something better for me Good. and I would find that something better. Good. So I started tapping into without going back I wasn't interested in going back to what I was, but I was interested in tapping into who she was back then and what do I want now and can I become that? Where am I now? What do I want to be? What do I need to do to get there? And having a support network was really was really big. However, I hadn't told anybody what yeah. I had been through. So that was tough. <laughs> that was tough. Firstly, admitting it. Um, you're, you're, admitting you're full it, of shame. You're yeah, full of shame. Absolutely. Yeah. How could I have let this happen? Oh. Yes. Yeah. So once I could admit it, that was probably my biggest step to moving forward. Um, I, I think we skipped over one thing and, and I didn't ask. I think I said to you, I was going to ask you this. What is your definition of narcissism? Okay, so yeah, we talked a little bit about to see it as um, a spectrum, a personality trait. Um, again, not a doctor. So my personal opinion is that a narcissist is someone who sees themselves as superior, right? So not just putting themselves first and not just taking over conversations and making it about them, but they truly believe that they are superior that they are better and they are better than you so what often comes with that is the belittling of you and Correct. as you use the great word kind of stripping away so they start stripping away at you which then lifts them up even more mm -hmm. and reconfirms for them that superiority then that whole process of um manipulating and gaslighting and yep. Um, I see all of that as absolute traits of um, a narcissist. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess where it comes in a little bit different when I, I talk about someone that has narcissistic traits and someone that is a narcissist is, is that person stripping down people in order to make themselves superior in a way that is destructive and abusive. I kind of feel like that's where that line gets crossed. Like mm. people put themselves first, especially in a work environment, they might kind of, you know, play political games and things like that. But is it abusive? Is it causing yeah. trauma for the other person? Um, it's more than just, it is more than, I won't say just bullying, it is more than bullying. Yeah. It's yeah, it, a lot it does more. take it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I just had a question for you. Um sometimes I write them down and sometimes I don't. Um, <laughs> That's okay. Uh, um so so they strip you of they they literally I think it was more of a statement. They literally yep. will strip from you your they suck the energy out of you. They because you, the you a lot of times you don't see it coming. Um, That's right. You could you could be out 
on a day trip or on a night evening and you're having a good time and uh, all of a sudden they will either start an argument or they will yeah. say something um, or you will see something that doesn't make sense and you will ask them about it and and often they will twist it around and and this is the part that that confused me I, when i got out of this relationship and i look back like you didn't know what mm -hmm. happened i was very reluctant to put any label on her i just did not yeah. know that during the relationship there were a couple of labels thrown around we had gone to couples therapy borderline personality disorder was one label that she might have been diagnosed with uh and, and she had a very horrible childhood and toxic childhood and toxic parents. And, um, sure. but n never once that I consider her a narcissist until yeah. I started this podcast and did the research and started having guests on and experts and, and so forth. And the common denominator that I'm hearing is the gaslighting, the manipulation, the cheating, the superiority, the belittling, like you said, they put you down. And yeah. I was, I was always put down. And um, yeah. I was always told that if I didn't treat her a certain way, that she will find somebody who does, you know, she wanted to be treated yes. this way. And if you yeah. don't treat me, and she literally said those, those words to me, if you don't like yeah. it, there are plenty of men waiting to take your place. She literally said that to me one night. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. That's what everybody yeah. says. Wow. So, yeah. So I, today I I'm, I'm, I'm still being cautious because I, I, I don't want to label people because I'm not a yes. doctor and I'm yeah. not an expert, but she certainly shows all the characteristics or traits of a narcissism. So, um, Okay, so you you got out of this relationship, and uh, you started helping people in the corporate world. Corporate world, you said. So I was still continuing that until so it was only um, a couple of years ago that I went. Um, so even with this is the thing about coaching, I guess it's very difficult to only keep it at a certain level. So anyone that comes to a coach really is also talking about themselves personally. So there was always that element in my coaching as well. Now I, I spend more time focused on the recovery um, and the personal coaching side of things. Um, I still have, um, I still have a job that I'm, I'm a change leader in an organization, um, which involves lots of coaching as well. Um, but this, this side of it for me is a, everything on the personal side. So what is some of the first steps one can do? Um, let's say that I reached out yeah. to you. Let's say that I, let's say seven months ago, I yeah. heard of you and I, I reached yeah. out to you. Where does one begin to recover, sure. heal from yeah. this type of abuse? Absolutely. And I think Andrew, you've already done a really big step, which is acknowledging that that is what is your truth. So, and, you know, I know that's a, another thing that's out there a lot at the moment is know your own truth, mm -hmm. um, but there's truth to that. So <laughs> if you can't actually acknowledge that that is part of who you are and what you've experienced, you're going to find it very difficult to move on and to heal and to take um, steps in the right direction. So step one is really 
exactly what you've done, acknowledge that that is what has happened to you. Okay. From there, so then it does depend um, on your situation. So I still co-parent with my ex. So I can't, I would love to have a boundary which says, I don't need to be in contact with this person anymore. What do I need to set that up um, for me to be successful with that? So I can't do that. But what I learned over time, it did take me quite some time. It doesn't mean that I can't set boundaries. Mm. I wasn't used to having boundaries, oh. right? There were no boundaries. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> none. And even so, if you try to establish boundaries, they break right through them. Absolutely. At least they did, she did in my case. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it is very, as you said, it's very difficult to set boundaries with someone that is always right. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and that was one of the first things. Once I knew that um, my ex was a narcissist, is a narcissist, I could then at least go, step one, stop arguing with him. <laughs> yeah. Right. Stop trying to get him to see your view and understand you. Because it doesn't happen. get anywhere. No. no. Mm. And then once you bite a bit, it's like it's you're feeding it. Mm. So that's what they, they want. That. Yeah, yeah. They, love they, that. Love they want that. that. And yeah. I, yeah. And I remember my ex saying once, because um I did bite, and he's like, Oh wow, this is great. Let's go. Yeah. I'm like, oh no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, no, I'm taking that back now. <laughs> It's like feeding. Um, it's like feeding raw meat to a to a lion. Yes. It's, it's what they want. <clears throat> yes, but without the awareness, so I would never have been able to do that before. So that's when you can start going. Okay, now I know that mm. I can start putting in those boundaries to make it better for myself. So one of the big things I did was know and understand what my trigger events were. So for me, just the sound of the phone ringing after eight o'clock at night was a trigger for me because yeah. that generally meant I'm getting a call about I've done something wrong. I've said something, something, it's not good. It's not going to be good. Yeah. So the first step, and this was progression for me. So this is when, when I talk about one step at a time and your next best step, it's what can you do in this moment? You don't have to take the big leaps and bounds because often that's that's a bit more challenging to do. You can take a little step at a time to meet what you need right now, and then over time you will have achieved what you set out to achieve. So for me, one of the first steps with the trigger event with the phone call was I would answer, but I would say very little. So difficult, but listen very little response. And if it was something that um, I disagreed with or wasn't, yeah, wasn't quite true, instead of biting and instead of defending, I used to be quite defensive because I felt like I was always being attacked. attacked. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, okay, I'm going to have a think, a bit of a think about that. I'm going to call you back later. So I needed to, yeah, I needed to shut it down. So don't respond. What can you do to shut it down? 
They don't necessarily like that though. They no. keep going, <laughs> keep going, keep going. So for me, again, I'm going to call you back later. I just need some time to think I'm going to call you back later. Um, I'm going to hang up now. So and <laughs> I've mentioned this um, to someone before. I always feel bad. I would never hang up on someone, um, but I, I needed to hang up. So the best thing I could do for myself at that time, because I couldn't bring myself just to cold-heartedly hang up, is announce it. So that's the best I could do at the time. I'm going to hang up now. And then I would hang up and I felt like, fair warning, I said I was going to do it. Would they call you back? Sometimes, Sometimes yes. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yep. Um, so the next step for me was don't answer. No. So you call back when you are ready. Right. You don't need to answer. Call back when you're ready. So get yourself to a place that's calm. Think about what's been said. You can call back tomorrow. Don't call back tonight. Make mm. the boundary that's right for you. Um, and then that shifted for me um, even further. So then it was, you don't need to answer the call to begin with. Wow. So if my kids are home, there's pretty much nothing that I need to worry about. Right. So they're safe do I need, yeah. they're safe with me. So do I need to answer the phone? Probably not. And then, you know, you would justify and go, well, but I'm really close to his family and friends. What if something's happened to them? And it's like, okay, now you're stretching it. <laughs> you yeah. Don't, yeah. Yeah. So don't even answer the phone, especially if it's at night. Tomorrow you can call and say, Hey, what's happening? And again, it's about your approach and you taking back some of that control so you don't feel like it's all been taken away from you. So that was really big for me. Um, the other thing is about knowing what I wanted, right? So I hadn't thought about that for such a long time. I was in my role as mum and wife. 17 years. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, and I used to be very clear on that. Very, very clear. So for me, it was very much, oh my God, I have to do some work on that because I actually don't know. And is what my initial thoughts about what I want, are they my thoughts or are they his thoughts? Mm. So separating yourself from that, and you do have to dig quite a bit deeper for that it's, you might not know and that's okay to not know but give yourself the time and the space and the support to be able to find those answers because it's from there that you can start going well I know I now know what I want I now know where I am what do I need to do to get there and again we're not talking about leaps and bounds we're talking about little steps what can Baby I do steps. today Yep. Maybe, what can I do in this moment? So if you're caught in a moment, I'm an, I, me personally, I'm an overthinker. <laughs> do you get in my head? <laughs> yeah. So catching yourselves in that moment, especially if it's negative, especially if you're reliving the past and going to stop for a moment, what's one thing that I can do in this moment to feel just a little bit better? That's good. Yeah. Because that was I, really important to me. I, yeah. I, I did this, I did what you did. I'm an overthinker. Yeah. So I would yes. 
I just could, I could be driving or I could be whatever cooking or something. And I have some moments and my thoughts come in and I would yeah. drift back into a moment that might've happened a year ago. Cause I got triggered. I'm cooking and we were cooking one day and she got yeah. mad at me, you know, and I, I say, what could I have done differently? And, um, but I think you're right. We get, don't get caught up in those thoughts. Um, yes. What can I, so that's the beginning of the journey of healing. And how do we start to build up our self-confidence? Because I, I, I'm lacking in that right now. You know, yeah. some people might say, well, look, you're on a podcast and you're broadcasting to the world. That's, but that's, that's innate in me. I was brought up a sure. broadcaster. I, a lot of people don't know this, but I was a DJ okay. in college and blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I have no, I don't have stage fright. I can get up in front of an audience, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, but inside I feel hollow because I, I've been, yeah. she sucked everything out of me. How do we begin to repair that? Yeah. And I think this is definitely something that's unique to everybody. So it's being able to tap into, um, so this is where I will say you can tap into your past and go, what, how did you used to feel? What did you used to do that made you feel confident? What did you used to do that showed your confidence and tapping into those little things? Would that work now? Does that work now? If not, what else? So it's it's quite a, you know, the analogy of peeling back the onion, right? Mm -hmm. So very difficult to take your first answer there. So like, as you said, most people will kind of go, well, you must be pretty confident. You're talking through a microphone and, you know, but that's natural to you, right? So yeah. that's your foundation. So then we start looking at, well, where is it that you can feel your confidence is actually lacking? What is it that you're not doing because you don't feel like you can? And start yeah. unpicking that. And I can give you an answer to that. My, sure. my fear or my where I lack confidence is being alone. You know, there are a lot of yeah. people who like alone time. The people I've yeah. even heard married couples say, you know, we we need alone time. I was codependent. I needed her oh. around all the time. Today, I I find it difficult to be alone because I'm used yeah. to being with somebody all the time. I had a pattern of getting in and out of relationships. If one ended, I jumped right back into another one. I've never been. This is the longest I've been single. I've been single now seven, maybe eight months. Yeah. In, in my adult life, this is the longest time I've been single. And yeah. I, I found myself, what am I going to do with myself now? Like, and, and, but this podcast is one of the things that I, I said I can occupy my time. So, yeah. But what would somebody do if they found themselves alone and afraid or scared or think yeah. that they may be alone the rest of their lives? Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, I was there. Yeah. So um, I had, I went from, as I said, a full-time mom to all of a sudden being the only person in the house. Mm. And it was like, oh, yep. hang on. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. are my children? Where is my family? This is not what I had planned. Um, and that was, that was tough. So I used to fill in all of my time. 
I used to just fill it in because that's all I knew how to do. So it was go out with friends, get out of the house. I used to exercise a lot. (laughs) Like I have to admit, probably a bit of a crazy amount, but um, that was my thing. It's like, well, I can't have downtime because then I'm just going to think. Yeah. And yeah. (laughs) And overthink and drive myself a little crazy. So I started filling in the time with everything I could to distract me from the situation. And then I went, hang on a second. Is this actually how I want to be? Is this how I want to spend my time? And it wasn't, it wasn't at all. Um, But it's hard, it's hard to firstly acknowledge that. And secondly, as you said, so then what am I supposed to do? (laughs) So, yeah. But for me, it was about, again, what is important to me right now? So um, I did get a job. I still went to the gym, but it wasn't obsessive, right? So I, I switched from that obsessive must fill in my time mode to um, what can you now do that makes you feel comfortable enough to be on your own? And I did it slowly. So it could be as simple as um, it sounds really, really basic, but um, is there a TV show that I like to watch? Is there a book you like to watch? Is there a game you like to play? Um, Or even talking on the phone as opposed to having to physically be somewhere. So be in your house on your own but finding something to do. And it sounds really, really simple. Um, it is. It, yeah, it is. But if your <laughs> mindset is not there yet, it can be one of the hardest things to do because you start going a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and you're not used to it. No. I, I found one of the, the things that happened to me in this relationship was she was... I don't know whether she did this on purpose or not, but she separated me from my family. And, uh, yeah. yep. And yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I got to be careful how I say this. I don't think she sure. set out to do that, but sure. I was so, whether it was in love or infatuated or codependent, yeah. I completely forgot about my friends, my close network friends and yeah. my family. My I have three adult boys and two grandchildren. And yeah. as a matter of fact, my second episode is all about that. I completely forgot it last year while I was still seeing her. I, I forgot yeah. my grandchildren's birthdays and, and okay. boy, did my family give me hell for that. Sure. Um, so now with this free time, I'm reconnecting with the people in my life that, yeah. that I, that either she separated me from, or I chose to separate from and that's fulfilling. And um, just to give you an example, uh, yesterday, um, every year, my there's two sons who live very close to me, and one is on, in the other side of the country. But every year, we go to see a baseball game. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm near New York City, and we go see one of the baseball teams here. And um, for the last two or three years, I didn't go with my boys. And yesterday I finally okay. got two tickets to see a game in, in the next couple of months. Uh, um, so it's things, little, little things like that. Yeah. But well done. That's so yeah. good. 
the little things that you can do, yeah. which is something you would normally do. I'm a father yeah. of, of boys, and and when I was a when when they were kids, I took them to baseball games, and as adults, we went to games. But when I was in this relationship, I I did not. It was like I had blinders on. I did not see yes. anybody else. Yeah. So. Yeah. And okay. again, as you said, it's the small things that yeah. actually make a big difference. So it sounds simple. It is difficult to do, though, if you've come from that experience. But all you need to do is start small. Just start, and, though. And don't Just be start. afraid. Don't be afraid. Yeah. There's nothing. You're not going to die. You're not going to. You're not going to. This is a, this is a cliche. You're not going to die from loneliness. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know discover yourself discover what yes what, so what, true yeah i'm finding out things about myself and i'm 63 i'm finding out things yeah. about myself i never knew yeah so, um that's amazing so kylie tell us a little bit about your specific practice or your coach so yeah. are, are you are you work independently or you work with the foundation yeah. or okay you work independently. no i work independently yeah okay. so um, you can find me at kylieborg.com. Okay. Um, and as I said before, I do, my specialty is really working with people that um, are recovering from narcissistic or emotional abusive relation, emotionally abusive relationships. Survivors. Yes. Yes, that's right. Um, so I offer a program. Um, it's an eight-week program where we work one-on-one -on -one, um, to navigate through that recovery process so we do we do dig deep on where you are now what you want to do what you want to be what does that look like which again as we talked about before that can sound quite simple but when you've when you're recovering from that um experience you have to be able to separate what's true for you not what's true for the other person so that's quite a process in itself um, and it's through that um, over a number of weeks that we do go through finding what that is for you and navigating the steps bit by bit um, so that, you know, a few months down the track, you can look back and know that things are different for you now. You might not be there yet. <laughs> it, no, like, And I'm to not. be honest, you're probably not going to be there yet, yeah. but you're on the right path. So the hardest thing is usually taking those first steps because you don't know where to begin. You don't know how to sort through your thoughts. We're often reliving the past. I don't know about you, but I just, um, yeah. I, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Over and over, like a <laughs> over, and over and over. Yes. So putting steps in place to help you to let go of those moments do you help the survivors uh, yes. by the way we're I, I i i think we should put this out there yeah we're not victims of the That's the right. person on the receiving end of a narcissistic abusive relationship i used to consider myself a victim and i no longer think that way and and i i was talking to kylie before we began the interview and i said is victim the right word and she said no we're survivors and i like that that's that's the way to put it do you teach the survivors how to establish boundaries like let's say yeah. I, I find a woman in six months and i start dating her and i yeah i i, I want 
whether she's a, a good lady or not, I, I need yeah. to, I don't have boundaries. I think like you said, you didn't, you didn't yes. have boundaries. How do you, yeah. I don't even, I don't know where to begin to, to establish yeah. a boundary. You teach yeah. that? Yeah. So, um, so as a coach, I fully believe that my clients actually have the answers, right? They're in there somewhere. It's my job to help you find them and dig them out right? So what I offer my clients is my own experience and the knowledge that I have gathered over the years from my own clients as well as my own experience. But first things first, what I like to do is tap into you. Hmm. So my number one job as a coach is to support and champion you. Hmm. So if I start going, well, this is what I do, just do that. I'm no longer putting you first. Good. And that's, like yeah, that. that's what I do. I like that. Yeah. Kylie, um, I'm going to put all of the information, your bio, your little bit of your bio and, and yep. all of your contact information, where they can reach you, how they can book a session with you. Um, you did mention something earlier. You want to offer my audience something? Yeah, absolutely. So if you jump onto my website, you can book a free discovery call. Um, that's just a 30 minute chat um, to really get a bit more of an understanding of where you're at, what you want to do. Um, and then if you book into the program, I'll give you 10% off the program cost. Um, what I will also say, if you can't already tell from my accent, I am in Australia, so I'm mm -hmm. in Melbourne. Um, now the times that might show available might not work for your time zone. So I do encourage you, even if you book in a time and then write that this time's actually not suitable. I'm in this time zone because it's a bit difficult to cater for. There are so many time right. zones. It's, it's very difficult to cater yeah. for that. Um, but if I know that we can absolutely work something out. Well, I, I found out recently that my podcast has gone global. I am in oh, many, many, many countries. So there are, it's not just the United States that are hearing this. Yeah. I'm, I'm in, um, uh, I'm, I'm in Europe and in Australia. And yeah. um, also I got a couple of listeners in Hawaii, which is, <laughs> you, you know, so um, uh, gosh, there was one thing I wanted to mention. Um it's getting old stuff is killing me. <laughs> um, oh, I, I also <clears throat> want to tell the audience something that, and then you and I laughed about this, was if you see A-E-S-T in the time zone, <laughs> I when, when Kylie and I were trying to book this recording, she would use A-E-S-T, and, and I thought that it meant American Eastern Standard Time. And that's like... <laughs> That's why this is why I now know the world thinks poorly of Americans because we only think about ourselves. AEST is Australian Eastern Time Zone, right? That's right. And okay, we also so, have because we have Australian Eastern Standard Time, AEST. Standard time. Yep. And we have AEDST, Australian Eastern Daylight, Daylight Saving Time. time. Yeah. Daylight so we've finished that now. Um, and then there's a whole heap of others. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> I just want to let them know if they see the A before the EST, it doesn't mean American. 
that's but that our was, one. Andrew. That was my ignorance. <laughs> so, <laughs> Kylie, I want to thank you so much for joining me from halfway around the world. One day, my my son studied. One of my sons studied in Australia, and he was there for almost a year. And I I, I would love to come visit Australia someday. So, um, thank Make you. Make sure so you let much. me know when you're here. I will. I absolutely will. It, I gotta get. I gotta get there first. But but thank yes. you. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Thank you for that discount to my audience. Um, maybe we'll have you back someday in a couple Anytime. of months. All right. Would love to. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. All right. Have a good one. Thanks. Once again, thank you so much for listening. This show is produced by me and I have no sponsors and I have nobody helping me do this. Um, it is coming from my heart and my passion. The only thing that I ask from you is um, a review. If your platform allows you to give the podcast a review, uh, like Apple or Spotify, uh, please give me a review. It takes one minute to go down and click on a star. There's usually one through five stars. Give me what number of stars you think I deserve. And in the little box, just... Type out what you think about the podcast. Anything um, that you either don't like or would you like to hear? Or just a general synopsis of what the next person who might be looking to listen. It would help my uh, podcast so much just to get more reviews on there. I appreciate it again, and we will talk to you at the next episode. Ciao.